Episode 68 of BJJM Brews. We are live. Christopher Vu, how are you, man? You know we're one episode before. Uh, yeah, before. I, 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 was, oh, I was talking about <laughs> nice. a 14-year-old. Nice. See what I did there? And we are joined by the tribe dog, Zeke. The? Ezekiel. Or a tribe dog. One of the, well, the original. The, the original. OG. I Hi. mean, the original tribe dog is, is well, Rocky. Yeah but, yeah, but that's before we did yeah. tribe dog. But yeah. Hi, buddy. So he's sitting on the couch next to us. He's, he's us. a very large dog. I know. His, his head is actually bigger than ours. I know. He, he didn't <laughs> like the microphone. So I put the microphone in his face. He kind of growled at it. So certain objects, when you thrust in his face, he doesn't like. And now I mean, I don't think guys. I like anything thrust in my face in particular. Yeah, either, and now so. he's got two guys like talking. He's like kind of trying to side like, eye both of us. <laughs> like, I know, it's he's even like, who should I cuddle up next to? Or am yeah. I just going to sit here and be... He'll be Regal. Right. He'll just fall asleep until he smells food and then he just Good starts boy. barking at whoever. But no, what's new, man? Uh, it's a new week. Yeah, same me. <laughs> are you are you still feeling euphoric from jujitsu? No, that wore off after the first or second day. Oh, okay, so you're um, just, you're reconnecting. Now I'm back to feeling more euphoric from maybe just like having a good workout, get the blood flowing. And uh, yeah, jujitsu is just technique development, man. Getting better and working on what I need to work on. And nice. Getting rounds in. So um, I was happy that I was able to, uh, well, we were able to um, land Robert Deagle as a guest. Which well, was, you did, I mean, we, I, mean, I, I appreciate I, the, the sentiment. Yeah, but, but I mean, collectively. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it was just one he of those wasn't things. going to until he said, you mean the podcast that has you and Chris? Yeah, Moon? exactly. Um, Black belt, Chris Vu. He was he was awesome. He was yeah. Like so very, you said very you good. listened to it. I did. Uh, and so you finished the whole yeah. So you listened. I, I don't know. It's funny because I don't really. I it takes me usually forever to listen or watch things or read things, but I I just put his his thing on ambiently at work today when I was kind of zoned out. And so as a listener now instead of a host for a change, uh, what were your thoughts? It was good. I mean, I I feel as though he's. Because you in particular have a very unique approach to grappling as a sport. Um, your perspective allows you to ask very unique questions that he's probably not used to. And that are pro- like if I were to ask him questions, I, I, I don't, it's, hard, it's hard to say. I, I'm trying to put this in a frame of reference that sort of makes sense to our audience. Like, I always tend to ask a certain theme of questions and they always pertain to martial arts, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you tend to ask questions that tend to steer in the direction of athletics and skill development. So I don't know. It it just, it was, it was good though. And I'm, I'm certain that he appreciated that as well. Because he seemed to be very heady about a lot of Well, it was funny because things. right before I said, hey, man, I, I, I tried to listen even in... Because this all happened. This happened within a span of less than 12 hours. What, um, what sparked you to go interview him? Just out of curiosity. He posted something on his story, Instagram story, saying, hey, I'm going to be in this hotel for a period of time. Now's a good time to hit me up for a podcast. Those were his exact words in the dude, thing. Dude, dude, just blasting to everybody. He just publicly, yeah. Okay. So I just right. I messaged, I added him like that was on my personal account. I actually was not following him with the with the podcast account. Mm-hmm. So I I followed him with the podcast account and I immediately messaged him. Nice. So I shot my shot. 
and uh and he, he's like sure why not yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like i'll do it so um we managed to nail down a time and i told him when we were connected i said hey you know before i hit the record button just want to let you know that i'm going to try and do my best like i did my best to try and like find some recent podcasts that you had done and start to listen to some of them to try and get a sense of what those conversations were like because i know you have a following and i would like to kind of uh, you know cover new ground instead yeah. of rehash the same things you know and again ironically enough or coincidentally rather sunny brown who i mentioned two episodes ago when he interviewed craig jones had also done one with robert deagle uh, few oh, nice. prior to that and he covered you know the origin stuff we like you know I, I'm always interested in what are the origins of your jujitsu and stuff but he covered that yeah so I was like alright well let's try to take this in a different direction now I'm saying all this because Deagle was very was very gracious in saying hey man I, I've, I've done so many of these like I've answered the same question like 200 yeah, times yeah. like it's okay like you know whatever you know it actually probably makes it easier for him yeah he yeah, probably like, has these. so even he's got still his stump speech yeah he's got, so even still I did want to try to uh, to take him in a new direction or at least try to I don't I, know I if I did I didn't I didn't get a chance to really talk you know and ask him like hey what were your thoughts on he just said thank you I, I, I had a good time you know yeah but I didn't get a, a like, oh, those were, you, you know, those were unique questions or that reminds me of a conversation I had like before. You didn't, you didn't get the exit interview. Yeah, I didn't the, get the exit in the green room. We didn't have yeah. a green room. <laughs> the, um, so, no. I will say I, I enjoy listening to podcasts more about the person mm -hmm. than the athlete. Mm -hmm. I, I feel as though those are, they tend to be more entertaining because like, I mean, like, I don't. If I wanted to go watch your technique or whatever it is, I can just find that on YouTube, right? Or, or whatever the case is. But, like, learning about you as a person is actually a lot more interesting, So which is, which is I, I, I liked learning that about him. Even though I, I know next to nothing about him other than he's a very high-level athlete. So mm -hmm. It was cool. Yeah. Well done. So, if you haven't, check that out. That's the one right before this one, episode 67, uh, Robert Deagle. So, yeah. that was, uh, we've got another, I've got another guest lined up in March that we're recording with. I won't reveal it because I don't want to put the kibosh on it. But at the end of the month, we'll be recording with another notable jiu-jitsu practitioner slash instructor in the jiu-jitsu space. I think you know who it is. He, he, Chris is making a look. Do I? I'll, I'll have to tell you offline. <laughs> Our communication, I guess, is not so great. <laughs> Podcast go. <laughs> I mean, we talk every day. I know we talk every day, but like, what? <laughs> Oh, okay, I'll okay. take it. Cool. I'll put, um, okay, how about, how about this? Just for the audience, I'm going to show the Instagram profile of the person that is lined up. To me. To, to him, and then he can react live on the podcast. So I'm typing frantically into my phone here. You don't swipe, man? Uh, no, I don't do that. Why not? Uh, all right, here we go. I got it. Brightness, and I'm showing it to him now. Oh, Okay. Okay. No, I did. I, I, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. Senior moment, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things we had to book it a little. It ended up getting booked. He's he's like he's a very month out. popular. So cool. yeah, I, I kind of want to be on that one because okay. I'm actually more familiar with his instructor than him. There you go. Um, cool. Rock on. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Chris, how um how are the six a.m. classes going? 
Six Save has been good. I mean, it's consistent. Like, it seems like you have more people. A not today. More, not but today. Yeah, I mean, it was like five. Okay. Five. No, it was four, and not including me. So I, I was the odd man out. So didn't really get the train, unfortunately. And we deep dove a little bit more into side control and whatnot. So I had it's to never a, a bad more. topic. What's that? It's never a bad topic to deal with pin escapes and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And well and, and forcing action, right? Like cooking our opponent a little bit to force them to move. Um so I I made them do a little bit extra situational drilling and didn't get to round robin my way in to get some some sweat going in the morning. But So you, know. you actually texted me earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like so dot dot dot. I've been brainstorming dot dot dot. And we needs isn't it funny how I build in my pauses while I'm texting? Can you, can you actually like picture? I can or, figure, yeah, this is yeah, like, or like I, I type exactly how I. I and speak. I like how you put you you you. you I we needs. needs, which actually I feel like, even though it's grammatically incorrect, makes it seem more pressing. Oh yeah, we yeah, needs yeah. to discuss drilling versus situational. Yeah. So. More. You and I at length recently, so I've just, I've been thinking about this so much. It's probably more because I've been doing so much damn kickboxing lately and less jujitsu. Okay. There's just, that's how the schedule works out, right? Um, so I'm thinking about how we train on the regular in kickboxing, which led me to think back to even my Taekwondo days. And I kind of got Alan, Alan in my little discussion here and which actually even made me think about what you were talking about with tennis mm-hmm. and how when you played baseball, you never scrimmaged mm-hmm. is, is the term you use, which to me, scrimmaging is sparring. It sounds yeah. like, right? And so I reached out to my buddy and by reach out, I mean, talk to in the warehouse because I work with him and he coaches um, a high level competitive baseball team, travel yeah. ball for his son. And I, I asked him like, how often do you scrimmage? I, I tried to I tried yeah. to sound like I knew what I was talking about, um, and I I, I kind of thought I'm like man like when I did Taekwondo we very well, what was his answer? Oh yeah he so he he's like I think we're unique in that we I forgot how he described it but he's like every Thursday we do okay but mind you and he he's a travel ball team so he's competing on uh, Saturday Sunday. They scrimmage on Thursday, but so that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, all they're doing is fucking skill development and drilling, mm-hmm. right? You said in tennis days, you just you basically just worked on skill development all the time, right? Yeah, not, and, not all the time, most time. Right? Yeah, and if you competed, it was a mini game sort of thing. Very rarely would you actually play a match. In, like at the end of training or whatever, yeah. right? No, well, and also because it just took too long. Uh, even to play a set of tennis takes at least probably, you know, at least 20 minutes, tw- anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on how long, how it goes, how okay. close it is. Um, and Alan, I'm, I was thinking back to my Taekwondo sparring or my Taekwondo skill development. And, and I was like, man, like we actually never sparred that much. But we drilled the fuck out of so just take, take, all the time. Do me a favor. Can you put the mic right next to it without him like he's being gonna aware? He's going to bite me, dude. No, he's snoring. I want you to pick up the snoring. I don't know if he can. He can, can dogs sense shit like that? Like if I'm like approaching? I don't need you to get me? bitten. All right, here. I'll you do, do it. it. I'm not going to do it. Fuck that. Hang on, hang on. 
Oh, no, his eyes are open. Oh, he knows. Okay. See, I, I, dude, I've had a dog all my life. Like, I've, I've known. <laughs> anyway, I know how the Zeke here is snoring. So if you hear snoring in the background, it sounds like a big I mean, fat guy. It's really Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, he definitely needs the, uh, he needs the, 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 the pap, the, the CPAP. The CPAP. <laughs> like he needs that when he sleeps. See, do you have a deviated septum? Or <laughs> <laughs> like, he needs like the negative or positive airflow. Well, this is, um, hey, this is proof. BJJ and Bruce will put your dogs to sleep. So if you <laughs> just put on I can't believe he's letting you just like pet him like that right now. Oh, Zeke, boy. He's Dude, good boy. if Stacy touches me while I'm sleeping, it, like we, like, if she bumps into me, I like fucking freak out. Like I don't oh, deal God. well with sleeping. Like people touching me while I sleep. All right, so back but, um, to the topic. Of so, anyways, um, uh, and I was thinking, like, man, I. So all these sports, all independent of one another, even in kickboxing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't spar that much. I mean, I think that's unique because, like, kickboxing and, and just any striking arts in general, you you can get hurt. Um, it's you know. It's it's all when you do spar, it should be controlled and and whatnot, and it should be all sort of like opportunities to allow you to practice that skill. But all of these sports, you don't actually spar that much. So is jujitsu doing it wrong? And that goes against everything that I've been putting into practice and everything that you and I have been talking about in terms of situational sparring being the most important thing, because. When I think drilling, I think of, I don't know, for your tennis, right? Okay, so the way I described it uh, with Alan here, I'm just kind of refreshing my memory. Imagine for uh, Taekwondo, like you and I are standing face-to-face. I've got my left foot forward. You have your right foot forward, mm-hmm. right? So super basic but super high percentage. You throw a left round kick at my body, so I immediately sort of like do a hop and do a spinning back kick with my right leg, which is my, my rear leg at the time, mm-hmm. right? It's very, very like flowy. And I can tell you right now, I have probably done it so many times that it's automatic for me. What, the moment I see you start to shift your hips to start kicking with your rear leg, I would automatically know that. And that led me to believe like on a sort of like more meta level, that's also the same... Uh, reaction type drill for spinning hook kicks and if you're doing Muay Thai and uh, others other sports like uh, like actual like Japanese kickboxing that's an opening for spinning back fists and spinning elbows right it's just it's all predicated on open side attacks intercepting it and counterattacking with a spinning attack so what is the equivalent to that of jujitsu well, I think situational sparring um, is a broad enough... Tar- for me, it's situational sparring, but situational sparring can mean different things for different people. Situational sparring could just be like start and close guard and go. Or situational sparring could be, you know, get out of back mount and if you get out, reset. Like, Or it could just be, you know, try to finish an arm bar from seated head and arm control and if you can get it fully extended, then just reset. Like it could, it's it's repeated practicing of a skill against in a in a situation where you're getting resistance. Yes. In jujitsu, we need an actual opponent. In tennis, the resistance is the ball coming towards you, and how hard is it being hit towards you, and with how much spin. So 
a tennis coach could feed you the ball. A, a tennis coach could underhand toss you a ball and you could hit it. Right. Or he could uh or he could be on the other side of the net, you know, you know, at the baseline and he could be hitting the ball towards you and you hit it back and you actually rallying. Um He's not necessarily trying to beat you, but he's giving you a different look. I mean, bat- but at take some batting point, practice does all the it time. Progress to the point where they are trying to quote beat you. I mean, they could, but that's again. It's usually like it's very common for people to play what's called a baseline game, where you're not serving, you just start the point. You know, you feed the ball in, you just start hitting the ball back and forth. You try to win, and a lot of people like to do that, and you play to. You play to like first one to seven or first one to 11 and win by two, which is just a way to have like higher intensity reps without having to serve, which slows things down a little bit. And it also makes things a little more disjointed because the serve is such a powerful shot, especially, um, you know, if you know what you're doing, you know, a, a good, you know, good players have good serves and a lot of times you just win off the serve instead of having a rally. So it would be like, um, that's kind of the equivalent of like somehow doing a scrambly type game and grappling where you're like, like, where you're like, look, I know I can pressure past the guard, but this is more of like, let's just scramble. Right. You know, but that's the live portion. Like the like you described the rally mm-hmm. rally portion. I was thinking of it in terms of like like striking arts and I think striking probably you can line up better with tennis. Yeah, in the sense that in tennis there's a clear break too. Whereas well, there's not really a clear break in jujitsu. Well, in tennis there's a there's a clear number. There's a small set of techniques that can be applied in a lot of different situations. Yes, where jujitsu. There's just a lot. There's, there's there's too much, right? There's a lot. I mean, and even though I think it can be pared down and made into general principles. But you know. it's hard because the general principles, like, when it comes to kickboxing and when it comes to, like, taekwondo, for example, there's not a lot of variation between you having your lead foot forward and me having my... You know, you having your right foot forward, me having my left foot forward. There's just a very limited number of techniques. At that point, it becomes a matter of, like, who can angle better and who can, you know, to take your person, quote, out of position mm-hmm. and you put it in good position. Whereas, but, like, relative to the other person where, because you're not physically attached to them, hand placement, hip placement, foot placement doesn't matter at all, for that matter, right? Like, where your center line is. And you're uh, sort of is the uh, dictator of your attacking capabilities. Whereas jujitsu, um, you can have me in top side control, but the placement of one limb relative to me matters drastically. I mean, just think of you can have everything in proper position, but if you don't have a far side underhook, I'm going to escape, right? So, like, it's hard to provide sparring situations where you can invoke those rallies as you just described it, you know, because there's a certain like limiting factor when it comes to striking, especially like uh, a sport type striking art, like Taekwondo, where in general you're going to start, let's say 
be a little bit beyond arm length, arm's length apart. One person initiates the attack like a, like a fencing attack, right? The other person counters. And at some point, because just the nature of human fighting is that you just generally close distances more, 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 more. You're at the point where the ref just breaks you, right? Obviously, there's a little bit less when it comes to Muay Thai because stand-up grappling is allowed and like close-in strikes are allowed. So the idea of body positioning and limb placement matters a little bit more, right? But at some point, you will clinch up. Somebody either gets dumped or the ref breaks you apart for inactivity. Jiu-Jitsu, that doesn't happen because the rally is the entire length of the match barring illegal techniques or out of bounds. So it's hard to, in my opinion, to develop that, the skill development type drills where the person can get the reps, a, a reasonable amount of reps against a resisting opponent in a realistic fashion. I think jujitsu presents more scenario. Like I think I was just thinking about like, how do people train sports? You know, is there a commonality between how I'm talking about baseball being trained, swimming, tennis? And I think, you know, the word we say situational sparring jujitsu. I don't think they would ever say situational training in other sports. I think the word is more like scenarios. Yeah, I mean, like you know, the, yeah, your practice. It's semantic. Yeah, it's semantics, but, but that you know, baseball is simple. You know, I think in a way, is it? It's not like any sport. There's a lot of depth to it. But sure. I think you can say, look, um, people practice fielding, so center fielders get hit fly balls and they catch the ball. That's yeah. simulating a scenario that happens during the play of baseball. The guy hits the ball up in the air, you catch it. So. That's developing the player's hand-eye coordination to track a ball off a bat into their glove. That's being hit, you know, you know, God knows how many feet into the air with sun and glare and all that. And they just do reps of that. Yes. Right? Pitchers do reps of pitching the ball and being accurate and hitting all their pitches. Um, batters take shots in the batting cage. And in reality, they're not really taking it at super fast speeds. Uh, see, and that's the thing is, at, are they not? At some Most point, they the ha- time, I would imagine they have to crank it up, right? Like They have, um, if they're taking batting practice before a game, they're never, it's, it's very, like, the guy's throwing very hittable pitches. The, the pitch, really? The, yeah, the, the coach is just, you know, feeding them down there, and those so guys are, are cranking. So how are they supposed to train i guess against a resisting opponent for example like how are you supposed to at some point because be training against a was because, it a knuckleball or a screwball yeah or so they, they do I, have if if a guy wants to work on a specific and i know technology has evolved but they have pitching machines now they can spit out balls at faster speeds without draining someone's arm strength sure yeah, yeah it's and a, it can also simulate curveballs okay curveball that's what they call it um i said well, screwball i think that's well, actually a drink. that's an old school i mean Nobody really throws a screwball. A screwball is a curveball that cuts the other way. So yes, yeah. I mean, knuckle, <laughs> there are a few knuckleballers, I'm sure, but the common pitches are fastball, slider, curveball, changeup. Those are your four most common so, pitches. So that said, though, like because are you, is there not a way then that ju- is it is it that jujitsu just has too many techniques and too many scenarios and the sc- the difference between both parties kind of elevating 
something into a scrambler of of a rally versus being locked down and and you know doing only a handful of techniques is just there's just too much see i was i was trying to think of it in terms of wrestling too so i reached out to my buddy andrew who wrestled in high school and i'm trying to think of like i asked him i was like okay so break down your like wrestling practice for me and like how how is skill development factored in right and he said, you know, it's like 20 minutes of like fucking conditioning and like an hour of drills and then, you know, some more conditioning and then like maybe a little bit of sparring at the end or, or just live actual wrestling. He's like, but keep in mind, like my practice is fucking three hours a day, you know? And so there's a portion of that that's direct, like he's, that's an hour of just drilling one technique or whatever the series that they're working on that day, you know? And I think that kind of goes back to, and from what I gathered is that's not against a resisting opponent during that learning and drilling portion. And wrestling's probably the closest we can come to a sportified, what, what you and I are trying to figure out when it comes to best practices for jujitsu. Yeah. I, I, I think I think the thing that a lot of people say is great about jiu-jitsu is that we can train hard and like compared to MMA, you can't simulate a fight in MMA without risking grave injury. Right. Or even and, Muay Thai. Yeah, Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, any anything with uh Impact. with strikes. Yeah. And in jiu-jitsu you can quote go hard and train tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people do that. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I look at other sports and, and it was all the, the, the high intensity stuff, the RPE. Where the hell did you come up with this? I mean, I know. I, I keep seeing people use it. The RPE. Is that the new thing? Oh, what? what, what rate of perceived exertion. Rate. Right? Yeah. I don't know why. Rate is it rate? Perceived, I actually don't even know. Rating of perceived exertion. It basically saying if it's a 10, I'm going super hard. If it's zero, if it's, it's a seven, easy. that means I could do three. I felt like I could do three more okay, or something. whatever. Like I just threw that. I in still there. don't. Get I it. just threw that in there to get you because I know love. Because you know the the people that some of these these people that that I find CrossFitters in particular do it. It's all acronyms, you know. Well, so it's, it's jargon, right? Like it's that's the whole thing. You know, it's like they're that's their part of their as tribe. many that's reps as possible. So how uh, AMRAP. Yeah, yeah, AMRAP, you know, and it's like, okay. Two minutes AMRAP. Yeah, so it's like, how do I describe this workout in as few letters and characters as possible? So, I mean, which is what abbreviation is. So, right, yeah. Anyway. And it's, it's, all, it's also, that's that's a part of like, that's like cult-like behavior, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it is, right? Like, is, <laughs> it's like the bite method, behavioral. Oh, God, here we go. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> of identifying a cult. The, um, um, the thing I think that for me is with sports the hardest thing you ever did was conditioning you never was red you never redlined in your practice skill development right or however you practice it was always practice and then you'd get now maybe we were immature and maybe like uh strength and conditioning you know experts would argue you have to peak um in training at various periods in order to have the best athletic performance. I don't know what the science says about peak athletic performance, and I'm sure it varies depending on the sport and it varies depending on the person. But I think it's, 
I think it's safe to say make the claim or to propose that as jujitsu people, we fall into the trap of peaking way too frequently when it comes to grappling because it's fun, because ego's involved, yeah. because of all this stuff. Um, and it's not optimal for being the best jujitsu practitioner in the shortest amount of time. So it's interesting. Now, is it the most fun and the most engaging? That's a different question. Well, that's completely subjective. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. So, um, I think like, let's use weightlifting. I think weight powerlifting is a good example of, of granted it's, you know, they're peaking and they're peaking for a very specific thing, very specific lifts. And they're rarely peaking. That's him snoring, by the way. Okay, so hopefully... We're we back from our intermission. That was <laughs> hopefully we got the snoring in there. That, that was definitely some snoring. <laughs> Man, he takes some... Like his, I wonder what his resting heart rate is. With deep breaths like that, it must be like whoosh. He's so he's so relaxed right now. Yeah, but uh, anyway, his, yeah. So these guys are doing a percentage of their max, almost entirely, using some sort of periodization, and they might peak once or twice prior, but their goal is to hit that big number for the first time day. on the competition day. Which is crazy. They're not like they're not like, "Oh, let me go hit it first and make sure I can hit it." It's no, no, I'm going to prepare and then I'm going to have faith that I can hit this number. It's not like they went out the week before yeah, yeah, like I like, hit this oh, number. Oh, I know I can do it. Yeah. And no, that's where that's crazy, right? Like and the same I think, can be said for like marathoners and all that. And too. I think when I think about my sports development, it was like, "No, no, no, you let it hang out on game day." And you trust that you're going to go out there. And I know for us, it's like, I always thought, I approached going my tournament. It's like, I have to go hard before my tournament to feel that intensity. So I'm not like overwhelmed. Oh God, they're going so fast and so hard. Yeah. But maybe we kind of take for granted that, that I'm sure there's some of that that comes into play, but maybe we got to realize that natural things kick in in a competitive situation where we'll naturally go faster and harder because stuff's on the line. Like if we care about competing, we're, you know, we're going to be, in fact, I think all the athletes I know are talking about competing more. So they're more relaxed when they compete, not more amped up. Hmm. You know? So I mean, yeah. So here's my argument. I I don't know if people understand what I'm saying. I'm proposing this. And maybe I should do this as an experiment for myself for my next competition. Only condition really hard, train light, do situational, and see how I perform on game day. So never redline on the jujitsu mats. Only assume I'll be able to redline as much as I want on tournament day and see what happens. Okay, so just to just going back a little bit. Which by is the way that what you would do in tennis. Yeah. Okay, do it. That's what I want to do. All now, right, also, do it, do it. And, and, and I'm thinking of something else. Um, what's his name? Uh, who is the guy? Uh, Max Holloway. 
Okay. He's he's saying now granted this is because of COVID. He was forced into a different type of training schedule where he was basically like shadow boxing yeah, like in his light, apartment. Light sparring, basically. Light sparring. And he's looked better than he has. Now, is that coincidence? He or was probably overtraining in the first place, right? Like we, you know, the, I, that that this is that's anecdotal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I think certainly um, I mean the psychology behind it, like sports psychology plays a huge role in like how people feel in a competitive environment. But I'm going to, I think that'd be kind of cool to say, I need to go hard, but I'm not going to go hard on the mats. I'm only going to go hard in conditioning. Now, maybe conditioning is uh, takedown drills. Okay. You know, it, 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 so I, I, I said, I can't go hard on the, on the mats. I can't Meaning go hard like rolling. rolling. Yeah, I can't yeah. go hard rolling. Yeah, sparring. Yeah. Everything else I can go hard on. You can go hard drilling. I go hard drilling. Well, the thing is, when you're when you're drilling in tennis, I, I can say with great confidence that when we are drilling, when we drilled in taekwondo, it was, let's say, hundreds if not thousands of reps, mm-hmm. like 60 percent in the learning phase, seventy five, eighty five percent in the application phase, and then sparring, sparring, right. And for Muay Thai, because it's even harder impact than Jiu-Jitsu or harder impact than Taekwondo, I would say learning phase, for me at least, is even lighter. It's like 30 to 40% application phase, which we don't really do a ton of um, until Paul sets up a sparring drill where we have to, we're forcing ourselves to do that, right? And then at that point, I'm still going like 65, 75%. Just because sparring is just, it's too damaging, right? Like we're not wearing headgear sure. and that shit. The, when you're dr- during learning phase and during, during let's, say, let's call it isolation phase, eye method, how hard are you going in jujitsu at least? What's the fine isolation stage? So I understand. So like, like learning phase meaning like we're just purely like being introduced to the technique yes isolation it's like the uh, the way i do it is i set it for five minutes guys do three reps each and yeah. then you know so that's i would call that the isolation phase oh, you should, t- in my isol- opinion you should not be doing that hard at all yeah no that that's like super or learning soft phase. and only do I, if i feel confident i'm working with a guy like victor will i say you know let's go a little give harder. me give me a little resistance so i can yeah. just feel you know where the leverages are yeah, and controls yeah, yeah. and stuff but he's still not trying to beat and me. that's the thing too right like you you have to have a good training partner that understands give me a little resistance also doesn't mean do whatever you want correct there's a big difference right and i We're think keeping that's it within this small the realm area. of this technique yeah. it's just it's sort of the that that sort of slippery slope that sometimes i think when like you kind of talked about uh, when you approach Paul with something what, that you think is new and Paul says, well, I would just do this, right? Like you can't do that as a training partner when you're, when a person is lo- in the skill development portion of that, learn, learn the technique. I, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking back to the, the Deagle thing and he kind of talked about like the culture of the mat. Or the culture of the gym. And comparing it to a yoga studio. Yeah. And like, I'll argue it to the death. And I think you think differently at this point. 
But I think you can have people drill things progressive with progressive resistance as long as you lay out the rules properly. Because we see it now all the time where, I don't know if you dealt with it recently, but I still do every so often, where I show a technique, I set the clock for five minutes, one person's trying to do the technique, and the other person's like standing up or just doing something, you know, like, I'm like, what the f- the, the, the instructor even goes like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, wh- why would you do that? You know, like he's l- trying to learn technique and he's I'm fucking, winning, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And there has to be, I don't know. Like, I it, Think back just, to when you were a white belt, many, I many mean, yesteryears. Yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking about this. When I was a white belt, because I had a conversation with a student in my, in my foundations class who's like, oh, I did well. I, 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 I got him. I was like, dude, it's not about getting him. He's like, well, it did matter to me, man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. And I thought back to the first time as a white belt, I tapped another white belt. Now, everyone's going to react differently. But I'm sure some people... Did he, did he pump his fist? No, when I tapped. Oh, when, when you did. When, okay. when someone tapped me, they did pump their fist. Yes! You know, I think I it's the first time he tapped. I that motherfucker. I got him back for, for like... While later, he stopped training regularly, and I was training regularly, so okay. then I, I, I put it on him later. But anyway, this is, again, this is white belt talk. This is that yeah. this immature Noah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, I'm still this, guilty this of this. young Noah. <laughs> anyway, the point is, when I first tapped someone out, it was like Spider-Man discovering he had his abilities for the first time. There's like a weird power. It's like, I just made another human being submit. So, okay, let's and, put this and, in the context. And, and in my was it using the technique we learned that day? Do you yeah. even remember? Yeah. It was? Okay. Then, that's, then, then rock on. Like, that's the yeah, attitude but, a student but, should have. But, but my, I don't mean to point at you, by the way. It's no, I like, know. But my point is, is there's something very primal about grappling, two people fighting, and an outcome of someone causing the other person to submit. And I think as white belts, when you're, especially if you're, unf- if you're new to grappling, when someone submits for the first time to you, it's there's a rush of weird emotions. There, it's empowering. It's there's an, the ego, I guess, is involved. But there's something really, you know. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure the guys that explore male dominance hierarchies will be, you know, will have explanations <laughs> for this and stuff. Was that Jordan Peterson, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll probably have explanations for this and. You know, got to let our testosterone loose and anything. But are I, you and I beta males? No. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't identify with any of this stuff. I'm just me. Am, like, am I, I definitely don't am identify. I a beta, with beta male? Is that why I'm like such a wimpy black belt? Um, Victor thinks you might be. How about that? I, I, I mean, and I, I accept that. <laughs> but that's but that's not right. Like, just, <laughs> how do we get on turning? No, I, but I guess I guess here's my point. My point is is. Like is, I, I brought this. No, stop yeah. with the beta stuff. I'm in like. Yeah. The, the, I'm very sensitive about that. Like, <laughs> the point of the point. <laughs> God Almighty. <laughs> Jeez. My point about the reason I brought this hey, up off, is just off the rails. BJ I think we forget. Best, so. I think we forget. I think we forget. Sometimes we're talking about things with the experience that we have on the mat, where tapping is just like it's part of the learning process, but. When you first start out, it's like life or death. I mean, that's what's It's like you're in the jungle. You know what I mean? mean, And then at some point it clicks. It clicks. And maybe for some people it never does. 
But I think for most people, it kind of clicks, and it's like, we're all in the same boat here. We're not fighting light or death. You know, we're trying to sustain this and get better collectively. I'm you not know, so, sure that the majority of the student base oh, ever more than 50, to that In my opinion, more than 50% think Do that. not come to that revelation. No, I say more than 50% do. Do? Yeah. <sighs> but then I'm thinking, but you're right, because less than 50%, the more than exactly. 50% the, of our population who, are white belts. Yeah, it's, so it's survivor, it, yeah, uh, survivor bias. Yeah, so, so yeah, even if all colored belts have that realization, yeah. they still represent less than half the student population because most students most are white students, belts. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so I, I, just, I just countered myself. I, but of colored so belts, I think get, a majority of them have that, made that yes, realization. Yes, yes, agreed. But, but it's survivor rise because like, mm-hmm. they, they realize that like their attitude won't last long if mm-hmm. you maintain that. Um, so how should we drill better? Uh, okay, so starting what day? Are you going to do the... Uh, Brian McKenzie's the one hitting me. He just hit me up, and I, I sent him a GIF. He's like, when are we doing that drillings class? And I sent him two GIFs. how are you going to drill? I sent That's him, the, I sent him two... Define what drilling is. I sent is, him then. two GIFs. One of pigs flying and one of the Simpsons saying, oh, look, pigs flying. <laughs> <laughs> and he replied with a baby, like, crying GIF. Like he should have replied with, it's just a little bit airborne. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> so fail on his part. <laughs> I, um, so it, I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, uh, is it up-tempo or not up-tempo? What, okay, so at what, if it's at what, what rate of can, perceived exertion is up-tempo to you? I would say above 80%. Yeah, if we're opinion. going hard, then, it's, it's, then you're doing like takedown stuff and like just takedown drills. Basically, we wrestle. And whoever succeeds in taking the person down, it's over. But that's not drilling. That is that to what, me is what, drilling. The goal of the drill that day, if it's takedown drills, then yes, that is, in my opinion, drilling. Yeah. But like, let's say drilling is not what is drilling is not teaching drills. a new technique. No, no, drilling, no, drilling is, is working, reinforcing what, you, yeah. what we already yeah, know. It's, it's through repetition. The saw, which yeah. you don't sharpen saws, you sharpen axes. But um, do you sharpen saws? Yes, you do. You sharpen saw blades. Yeah, the individual teeth. Oh my God! Yeah. That must be chainsaws, dude. Grow up a man. You got, you got your chainsaw. So a chainsaw is a motor. Yeah. With, uh, what's it called? The word. Let's it's just a, call it's it a chain. Yeah, no, but the chain cog. goes around. A, there's like a not a rod, but it's like a. It's a cog, right? No, it's, it's a called rotor. a rail or a mount. Fuck! I don't. I should know this, but a chainsaw obviously has the motor part. And then you have the blade, which if you look at it, looks like a, a rounded blade. But in fact, it's not a blade. It's a metal piece that has that shape to it. And, and multiple. And like, along the edge of it yeah. is a chain that's sharp. Yes. So think of a bike chain, but it's, it's sharp yeah, so that when it rotates, it, it then spins super fast and, and it cuts. So when you sharpen a chainsaw blade... They're literally going by hand and sharpening each Are tooth. Are really? Yep. There's not a machine that can do that? You got to do it by hand. Fucking hell. Yeah. But okay, so let's think saw, like lumberjack, like mm-hmm. that. You do the exact same thing? Sharpen, like, because it's, it's like one strip of metal with the teeth cut out and mm-hmm. shit. How the hell do you sharpen that? Those edges can be blunted. I, I know that. Yeah. So but how do you sharpen it then? individually that would take forever hey man 
I, I don't know. We'll get lightsabers and cut those trees. From yeah, now that's on. what I'm saying, man. So in um, terms of drilling, like for me, sabers. so uh-huh. let me just, I'll tell you what I would do for my, is I would work on just basic scenarios, attacking the back, you know, so essentially A it's easier to describe. situational sparring. Yeah. Yeah. Is your idea of drilling. Yes. So back escapes, pin escapes. And then just kind of, but at what point do you, in, in, in my terms, reset, go again, you know? Like, because I mean, at what if, point does it break out of the intended purpose of that? So, drill? I mean, it, it obviously depends on the situation. But for example, if I'm, if I'm trying to escape back mount, I escape by getting to guard. Yes. Or magically or, or submitting like, him. Or, if I somehow yeah, submit him. or something, yeah. right? Like, no, tur- mm, turtle I would still consider part of it. Really? Yeah. If you mount is part of it. Say that, say that one minute. If you're in side control escape, you would say turtling? No. This is back, back escape. Oh, okay. I, I apologize. If okay. I'm in back escape. Oh, yeah. Turtling is... I have to get to a guard. Or submit or the reverse. guy magically. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, if we go to mount... If he transitions to mount or riding me in turtle, we continue to go. It's only if I get to a guard mm. do we stop. Okay. Or right. like a front headlock where you can now take his back. But I guess that's... That's, that's not turtle. That's a front headlock. Like, yeah. Okay. Like if I if I turtle up and get a single and drop him, then yeah. If I get a, if I go to turtle and somehow can stand up and get a headlock, then I'm out. But he's practicing maintaining that end of the spear control over somebody. Yeah, you yeah. know. Pin escapes. If I get to a guard. Yeah, I'm open to mission accomplished. Yeah. Right? And honestly, if he mounts, reset. As you should, as you should, right? If he like, mounts, because, reset because, because you, you failed. fucked up. You right. failed. Like yeah, exactly. So you you can only like in that situation. Um, I wouldn't permit. Although some people would argue, even Preet Pre would argue, like you need to be able to turtle from side control, as a way to get out. So I don't know. Like again, you you, you have to use your common sense. And and yeah, and but context I think, of what. But I would actually trying. think about that. I would actually think about the rules. For each of these scenarios. Yeah. You know? And then I would do, a, I think, you know, a, an open guard passing drill where the person has to pass open guard um, and you can't play any, like, you can't connect as a guard player. Like, you can only, I don't know. I like Just trying to walk forward. Yeah, and, yeah, like, I'm just trying to, like, there's stuff like that. Or 50-50, like, get out of 50-50. Yeah. Certainly leg lock escapes, you can... There's stuff that's, it's, there's certainly, we said, how many scenarios are there in jujitsu? A lot of them. And. No, we got plenty of them. But it's sometimes harder or easier to draw circles around those scenarios. You know, how do you make the different scenarios of jujitsu mini games with yeah. mini objectives? Sometimes it's easier to, to delineate those lines and sometimes it's harder. But the thing is, is just we need to be able to fail more and then repeat instead of, oh, my God, I got to back for the first time in my life because I never get there and I'm never going to get gonna there hang for on six for months. Fuck, you know, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. get there for six months. Like we need a place to experiment with stuff, get immediate feedback and then reset and just get your reps in, in those positions. Because what we don't do when we go live, even when the person has the best attempts of funneling. 
we're not getting a bunch of reps in one thing. We're, we're racking up random reps in random position. Not random, but we're semi-randomly racking up reps yes. in different scenarios. And I don't think you build up enough momentum to actually improve doing it that way. You have to get a focus of a lot of reps in a certain scenario again and again and again. And then you'll gain momentum. You'll get insight. You'll improve. And those improvements will stick with you. Whereas if you're just kind of all like, oh, I got a back amount there, I got a pin escape there, I got half guard there, I got spider guard there, all this stuff, it doesn't give you enough momentum. And plus, the person may just, may literally not know how to funnel. Yes. Like they don't have the end in mind, or they, they have the end in mind, but to them, the idea of getting to, for example, I want to work on 50-50, right? Mm-hmm. If they're the person if they're sitting down in a seated guard and a person is standing at them with their right leg forward with you know attached with one mm-hmm. that person the the person trying to get to 50-50 may not even like there's so many steps in between of trying to funnel to that it's like like that's a game in and of itself right so like whatever they're trying to work at 50-50 in the first place just doesn't it may never even come to fruition in that particular role so Interestingly, uh, I had a student, you asked me about in the morning class, it was last Thursday, Sean Velazquez's last day, so, you know, thanks for listening, Sean. You said you had a good time listening. Um, there's another student who joined us who came from a Pedro Sauer school slash a 10th Planet school. They shared mat space. Okay. And I asked him, hey man, like, welcome to the class. His name is Brandon. I don't know if you've seen him. He's a white belt, but he's got a little bit more experience than a white belt. Okay. Um, I was like, what do you think of my class, man? He's like, he's like, first off, it was awesome. Second off, it reminded me a whole lot of my competition class. Like, go through the technique real quick, review it real quick. After that, it's all drilling the technique. What was scenario-based, if one succeeds, reset, go again. He's like, that's awesome. He's like, that's sort of what I was looking for for my comp like that's reminded me a lot of my competition class so it kind of led me to believe kind of what you talked about the other day my philosophy of training may not lend itself to the recreational trainee because that drilling may turn them off Mm. yeah i see the value of it i enjoy it myself but to be continued, but another person, but the average just want to come in and get my roles in, go mm-hmm. home, have dinner. I think cause people want to compete. I think the the difference is, is we have the option to compete here. Yes. Whereas in a lot of other sports, competition it's happens only once a week, right? Yeah. It happens in a, in a, you know, when your little league team goes to another town and plays the other little league team, yeah. you know, or you go to a tennis tournament, like, competition is harder to especially with team sports where you have to get all these players together yeah like the all the pieces have to yeah fit, right like it's for it to actually happen it's <laughs> i'm petting zeke and then he decides to just <laughs> he's dude, he does had, have a escape heavy, that pin dude he does have a heavy head he, dude his head, his is, head bigger is right than on ours. my hand and he's out you have to make your frame man like get out of there <laughs> like he's so cute though <laughs> look at him if i move the mic he's gonna get angry don't do it, man. His eyes like, are opening. Like, you got to teach foundations, man. You can't afford to lose a finger right now. 
Has Zeke he ever actually never. bitten anybody? No. Zeke just barks a little bit sometimes. I mean, it, it's he's just getting a grumpier in his old bark, age. Though. But he, I mean, he's oh, got to yeah. deal with that little like pug. Meatball. Yeah, it's a cute, the new it's one. A I fucking know. cute dog, man. So anyway, in terms of competition, it's like, but here we can compete all the time, and then we're in this gray area of, well, how hard are we going? You exactly, know? Right? right? So and 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 it's and and it's so I think and it's I kind think of most bullshit. people are going harder than. Well, when they win, their opponent had to be going a hundred percent. But if they lose, if I lose, then I wasn't. Going I wasn't 100%. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the classic. Thing. That's the. So uh, I, I think that's. I'm sure there might be something good about that because you do get competitive reps. But at the same time, is it really the same to go hard with, you know, your buddy here, you know, as opposed to going into? Because part of competing was the environment. Yes. And when you compete, and I'll tell you when I, for me, when you go on an IBGF mat, it's different than doing it here. Sure. The environment's just different, and I think we need to understand that. We can't claim that rolling hard on the mats is the same as an actual competition scenario where you yeah, paid money. Yeah, because you're. I mean, you're also not starting on your feet half the time too. Yeah, like, well, all that stuff. Like, like there's so many and, elements. And we're going with people we know, and there's just a whole bunch of extra reasons. So I think if we start viewing in that paradigm, I think we might do better. That's my thought. But I think we we came to a cool little thing, which is the next time I compete, I'm going to do it with a totally different paradigm, I will go hard only in conditioning slash situation stuff. So you're saying that's... Your, I will stop your, rolling. Because my thing was I would go hard Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that means like during the rolling potion, I would just do rounds with people going right. hard. I'm not going to do rounds going hard. If I do rounds, it's just going to be me flow, kind of flowy and, and then let it hang out. So that'll be for the... 12 week period leading up to your next competition yeah I don't know if I want to make it 12 week 12 weeks I, I mean I mean brutal, that's, yeah. <laughs> you're not a professional well, athlete like 12 days <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like so that's, that's I'm curious because like is that are you getting the like if you do that I feel as though you'll get the appropriate amount of reps in where things will become second nature mm-hmm. and you won't have burnt yourself out or injured yourself and you'll I just feel as though you, I don't know. Like I, I I'm curious now well, because yeah, we'll, we'll see. I actually looked at the Orlando Open because I was having thoughts about it. it's already at capacity. Is it really? You can't enter. It's at the end of March. We're recording the second of March. It's like March 28th. It's already at capacity. Both Gi and Nogi. So, you know, people are definitely desperate to to do tournaments. You know, and compete. Good. So, and then we but got him in Florida. Will, this will be to be continued. Yes. Oh, and uh, shout out to Felix. I apologize. I have not responded to your. <laughs> um, voice messages is that what those are called yeah voice messages yeah. and i only briefly responded to your uh your your text messages but uh, they're there i just got to take the time to listen to them so all right hi felix thanks for reaching out again you got muay thai i got jujitsu we will see you back for episode what number will it be next week 69 baby 69 <laughs> see ya <laughs>